Lord, we ask that you open our ears and open our hearts to hear your voice today, Lord, in Jesus' name. The scripture says that the grace, the undeserved favor of God has now appeared to all people. We're living in the greatest moment of blessing and favor of the Lord, and you can see it all across planet Earth. More people have worshiped the Lord Jesus Christ, believed in his blood that ran down on the cross than ever before this Sunday, even more than last Sunday. We saw it in this house when nine people went into the water of baptism last week testifying that Jesus had changed their lives. God is on the move. And as we've been sharing in this series, and I'd encourage you, if you have not heard the other messages, go to our podcast, Berlin.Church, and listen to the other messages on this series. Go get your blessing. Because even though God is blessing the earth with his presence through the Lord Jesus, some of us receive a greater measure of that blessing. Because we believe it, we go out and look, are on the lookout for where the blessing of God is in circumstances, in people, and in and, and places, places like this. You've gotten up early, come to church, some of you with small children, it's an adventure. My, my dad used to say whenever there was something chaotic going on, well, this is like getting ready to go to church in the morning. And, uh, but you're here, and you're saying to God, it's important. I value being in your presence with other people, and I believe, God, whenever I come and worship you and give and serve, that, that I'm going to receive much more than anyone else and, and believe for that. And then once we start to see that happening, we have to keep pursuing it till we take hold of it. And once we've taken hold of blessing, new levels of faith that the Lord has for us, we've got to hold on and not let go. That's our message today. Hold on, don't let go. And there are three keys to making that happen. The first one is simply this. You've got to go after what's most valuable. Several years ago, there was a big trend in auto sales where they held contests. They called it a hand-on-car contest. And they would have people, hundreds of people would sign up to maybe get a car, and they would pick certain numbers. The one that I was reading about was 30 contestants, 29 men, one woman. She said, I'm going to beat all the men. I'm going to take my kids on vacation. But the idea was you had to keep your hand on the car, and the last man or woman standing got the car. And they, they had a limit. They didn't think it would go that long, six days. They were allowed to have a towel. Uh, they were allowed to um, have some tooth, a toothbrush and things to keep them clean because, you know, the, the whole point for the car company was they wanted everybody still looking good, smelling good, you know, their teeth brushed. So they had moments where they could do that, but they had to keep a hand on the car the whole time. It went the whole six days. And out of that 30, 19 made it. So then they had to have a, like a, a drawing to see who would win. Well, why did they hold on? 
Why were they willing to do whatever it took, no matter how uncomfortable it was, to hold on to that car? Well, it's obvious they saw the value. Now, if they had taken the car that I just had, uh, my son was driving it, the police stopped, and they said, this has so many things wrong with it, you probably need to get a new car, it'll cost just as much. If we had had that car in there, nobody would have signed up because they didn't see a and they were right, it didn't have the same value as the one that the car dealership had. And it's a powerful lesson for us. We do and pursue and go after what we value. And what we need to value is what matters most. And that's not easy because the scripture, the psalmist wrote, Lord, one thing I seek, that I dwell in your house forever. Yeah, that was King David so long ago, but he, he was on to something. The greatest thing in life beyond this life forever is God himself and his life. First Timothy 6.12 says, take hold, I love that, of the eternal life to which you were called. See, eternal life, life that never ends, is really beyond our ability to fully understand. But it isn't a, 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 an event, it's a person. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is life. And so we're invited by God, take hold of life and don't let go. And I love this, it says you're picked out for it. What that says to me is this is meant for you, but you got to take hold. So the first and most important thing is you've got to take hold of what's most valuable, and that takes faith. I can look at a brand new car, and I know it'll get old, but right now I sure would love to drive it. It's the hybrid. It's got electric, and it's got a sunroof and all that stuff, and, and it's right in front of me in shiny, I don't know, red. It's right there. Eternal life. I can't see that. And so it takes faith to believe that pursuing, come on, am, am I the only one? Pursuing eternal things takes faith that in the end there's a much much greater reward than that car that'll end up like the one I had <laughs> the second key is expect a struggle you don't in life you don't accomplish or succeed in anything that's of value without a struggle and the scripture is very clear. We have an enemy who comes against us. And, and it's going to take pushback. It's not going to just happen with, how here, hello, here I am, I'm ready for more. We have to expect a struggle. When you begin to move forward in faith, when you begin to get committed to the things that God wants to do in your life, it's going to create opposition. It's going to have people, maybe even your closest friends and family, who are saying, you're mad, you're crazy, you, you, you're, you've lost it. And, and it's going to be a struggle. And the scripture says that life and faith is a race that you have to run. And there, there are two things involved. You've got to endure, and you run to win. You run to win. 
I walked in this morning with some of our team out front, and they were talking, and I just walked over and said to them, I'm in, this is the winner's corner. This is the champions right here. They've been here all since early this morning setting up so we could come in and be served together here. They're champions, yes. And you're saying, well, Steve, this is so aggressive. Uh, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I, I, I don't like to think, it, this is so, oh, I don't know, it's just, ah. Uh. And, and if that's you, can I say, okay, I'm, I'm a man. I'm being very manly right now. I, I get that, okay? But, but here's a truth about life. Don't miss this because there's no middle ground. You're either going to go out and get hold of something, eternal life, the things that matter, or something is going to come and get hold of you. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. Come on up, brother. I, I ask him. He, he, I pro, he only can come up here because he promised he'd let me win. Okay? So, so my brother, God's will. We're, we're wrestling. And when you start to move, wow, you're hurting me. <laughs> I could have picked some of the big guys up in the back, but I was smarter than that. But I want you to see this. This is life for all of us. Look at them out there. They're, they're watching too up there. You start to move ahead. It's a struggle. How about it? You know. You know. Okay. You're <laughs> laughing at me. They, all right. They get the picture. I don't want you to miss this. It, it could be depression. It could be unbelief. It could be doubt in yourself, but something's going to get a hold of you. Thank you, brother. Sometimes it's toxic people. You're in an abusive relationship. Maybe it's amazing someone can say something to you when you're growing up in the family that's hurtful and it isn't true and you didn't deserve to ever have it spoken to you. And we get hold of that and we wrestle with it. And every time we're in a situation that reminds us of what was said, it triggers us and we're right back to doubting and we feel like we're seven years old again and being talked to unkindly. Come on, this is real. And so abuse, addiction, lust, greed, this is the stuff that you have to wrestle with. But here's the good news. And listen, it wants to squeeze the life out. It wants to keep you from your calling, and it wants to hold you back from your destiny. And one thing I know for sure, the destiny God has envisioned for you that he can already see is far greater and richer and more blessed than you can imagine. And, and I, can I encourage you, especially when you pray, say, God, open my eyes and help me pray the way you see me and where you see me going now. Come on. But can I encourage you? Just because things want to hold on to you, we've got the greatest power in the universe that said greater is I who is in you holding you in my hand than anything in the world that comes against you. Yes. And when you're really struggling and it feel like letting go, you've got people in your life who will come along. If I brought you back up, brother, but I but now you don't need to come back up. You hurt my arm too much. But if I bring three more brothers or sisters from over here to join me, even the big guys wouldn't have a chance. And we're going to gang up. 
and we're going to wrestle this thing until we win. You see, you're not alone in the fight against depression. You're not alone in the fight against a daughter or son that's walked away and the, the relationship's broken. You're not alone if you're struggling in your marriage and think it's over. You're not alone if you're struggling with an addiction, this run in the family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And no one is going to shame you here. We've all been on that journey and we're all struggling together. You don't wrestle alone. But here's the third key. You go after what's valuable. Expect a struggle. But this is the one that's, that, oh, I love this one, and it's challenging. While you're in the struggle, while you're holding on to the things God's done for you, ask for more. You see, we get there and we, you know, I accepted the Lord in my life and my family's doing better. And, and we get a little, ah, oh, things are good. This is where we need to be. No, 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 no. In those moments, be, I wrote, I'm going to tell you, read it right from my notes. Outrageously pushy. Shamelessly Opportunistic. So when Karen got cancer a couple of years ago, I go in my office, close the door. I say, God, you didn't bring us to Berlin years ago to build a church for us to stay sick. I ask in Jesus' name that you heal her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet and that her best days of ministry are in front of her and our marriage will grow and you will use her story to touch and help other people. And I pushed in. I was a little aggressive. Who was I to talk to God like that? See, we, we get timid. Now, we wanted God to heal her that day, that Sunday when we laid hands and we anointed her. It took a little longer, but it was still a miracle. Within about two months, they said it would take six months. They couldn't find it anymore. It was a miracle. But because it took longer, all kinds of blessing came from that, of connections with people and experiences that she can share with you. But here's the point. It was how you approach God. Are you coming? Well, Lord, I really, I, I don't really deserve to be here. And yeah. No, you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. If you've said, Jesus, come into my life, his blood now covers you. And when God looks at you, he no longer sees the things you've done wrong now or in the past or even in the future. He sees Jesus' perfect blood-covered record on your life. And that means Scripture says you can boldly come into his presence and be pushy and a little bit outrageous in what you ask for. And I love Jacob. Jacob, you know, takes the birthright of his older brother. He's got that spirit that says, I want more. And he comes to the most critical moment of his life. He's going to see his brother. His brother's coming with an army of 400. And all of his things, his family, his wives, his, all of his possessions, everything is up. It's all or nothing. And we read in Genesis 32, he sends out his family and his property, and he's just by himself. And so Genesis 32 says, while he was left alone in the camp, 
a man came and struggled, wrestled with Jacob until dawn began to break. And when the man saw he would not win the match, now remember, can I just tell you, Jacob was the guy that didn't go out and shoot stuff. He was the decorator and the cook, but he was still a tough guy. When the man saw he couldn't win, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it, pulled it out of its socket. And the man said, let me go. The dawn is breaking. Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Now, it should be obvious this was no ordinary man. In fact, we know, and theologians will tell you, it was Jesus before he came to earth. So he's got hold of danger. If he can touch my hip, what could he do if he touches my heart? I, I'm, I'm in danger of death itself. He was crazy. But Jacob is so determined for more. There was a spirit in him that says, I'll probably never have another encounter like this face-to-face -face with God himself, the God of my father Isaac, the God of my grandfather Abraham. I don't know why he's here, but I'm not letting him go until I get more everything that I can ask for. And I'm telling you, that is the spirit God wants each of us to have. And what holds us back is fear. What holds us back is disappointment. Well, my better days were years ago, and then I had a different pastor, and we went to a different place, and I just don't have the same passion anymore. It doesn't matter how you feel. Some of us, I really felt compelled to write, too, in this week's message, a lot of us are always getting offended. The lifestyle I'm encouraging you to have, that gets, there is no such thing as getting offended. Yes, there are unkind people. Yes, people can be mean and say the wrong thing. But let me tell you, the spirit I'm talking about doesn't get offended. Jesus went on a holiday, like many of you have, to the, to the sea just to get a few way, days away from the crush of ministry. It had gotten so busy, they couldn't even eat a sandwich. Too many people around. So they go to this city on the beach, and there a woman hears somehow that he's there. And she has a daughter who's tormented by demons. She's going to lose her life. And this woman comes and finds Jesus and his followers, and she starts asking him, help me, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. And he ignores her. He won't talk to her. And finally, his followers just get, ah, we can't stand this anymore. She wouldn't quit. And they just said to Jesus, we can't enjoy our vacation and, and go, go get the margaritas and get under the umbrella down on the Mediterranean. We got to take, take care of this first. You're supposed to laugh, Okay. He's on vacation. And so he turns to her and says, you're not one of us. You're not part of my people. God called me to come to be for them. And so if I help you, it's like giving bread to dogs. Jesus called her and her daughter a dog. 
And it's at that point that a lot of us, we've been holding on, we've been faithful, and someone comes in church or a leader says the wrong thing, and we get offended, and we begin to want to let go because we didn't think they were treating us right. And it's in that very moment when it's hard at work, when it's hard in the church, on the team you're serving on, in your family, it's in that very moment that I say to you, hold on all the more because a blessing is coming. And if you know that story, That woman didn't go, well, he's clearly not the prophet from God I thought he was, or he would never talk to a lady like me like that. I'm so offended. And go off and tell her friends for the next 20 years of how the prophet from Nazareth offended her. Come on. Instead, she pushes right back and says, yes, Lord, but even dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the blessings you're giving to your people. And he looks at her and says, you have great faith. What you've asked for is yours. In that very moment, her daughter was healed in Jesus' name. Don't let go. Hold on. Hold on. Press in. Believe for things. Ask for things. Let the Spirit of God stir up faith in you to believe for greater things. They, are, they belong to you. So get hold of what's most valuable. Don't try to run from the struggle. Embrace it. Because out of the struggle, you're refined and developed. Your faith grows. Your character and integrity will be strengthened. And you will be stirred in your spirit by the Holy Spirit to press in and stop asking for little prayers and begin to ask for the moon, ask for the universe, ask for salvation with every person in your family, ask for promotions, ask for greater blessing in your children's lives that they're going to live for Jesus even when they're four and five, you're praying, anointing on them. I could go on and on. Friends, there's nothing that God won't do for us. He loves us. He is our Father. So go get your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.